Hey everybody, welcome to the Dawn of X podcast. I am your host, Josh. I am flying completely solo this week because uh, my co-host, the voice you usually hear when when you tune into said podcast, is is feeling under the weather. So we didn't want to leave everybody without any content. And so here I am. And today is a special episode. It's not We're not going to count it as we build up to 100. But uh, today is a special episode. It's close enough to the start of the baseball season. And when you hear this, it will be the high holy day itself of 420. So your your stoner friend decided uh, he's going to hop on a microphone. He's going to talk some baseball in X-Men comics. So the issues we're going to cover today, we're gonna, they're all going to be on Canny X-Men from uh, Volume 1 on Canny. We're going to look at Uncanny 110, we're going to look at Uncanny 201, and then we're going to close on a real classic in my, I mean, these are all honestly classics in my life, but like a real classic in my life is in, in Uncanny X-Men 325, the 20th anniversary issue. All right, so let's get going with issue 110. This is written by None other than Chris Claremont. They mostly all are, right? And it's got a guest artist of Tony Dezingia. And, yeah, so the art's a little different for this time period. This is um, the early 80s. This is in the the midst of the entire Phoenix saga. So this is like Jean got her powers and the X-Men just encountered the Shi'ar for the first time. They had some big old battle with the Shi'ar, or not the Shi'ar Empire completely. It's where we get Lalandra. Anyway, we're in like a little in-between time as we now kind of do a couple few one-offs before going to the the Dark Phoenix saga proper. So this is kind of like a throwaway issue. And I think this might be one of the first ever scenes of the X-Men playing baseball. It's certainly the first that the first one that I recall seeing in the older issues, we'll get to my first memory here in a, in a little bit, but this is, I think the, the, the first time it seems like something Chris Claremont would do because as we're going to discover, Chris Claremont loves his baseball almost as much as I do. And, um, I guess I didn't really explain why we're going to do baseball. I said the, the season just started. I also, uh, yeah, just a really big baseball fan all my life. So, X-Men Baseball, what could be better than uh, celebrating with you? Also, if you couldn't have guessed, dear listener, I am celebrating 420, so please celebrate that with me. All right, we're, we're all in this together. All right, so back to issue 110. This issue, uh, like I said, taking place in the midst of the Phoenix saga. Our team right now is Phoenix, Jean Grey. You got your Scott Summers, Storm, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Colossus, and at this time, uh, Banji and Moira are hanging around, and then obviously Charles is there. So Nightcrawler is nervous. He's at the mound. He's nervous to pitch to Peter because uh, uh, Colossus has already blasted two home runs. Claremont is clearly a baseball lover. Uh, he lets us know that Kurt's pitch is sheer perfection, low and inside, just skirting the strike zone and fast as a bullet. Doesn't matter, though, because Peter makes contact and sends that ball soaring. Jean, fully feeling herself as Phoenix right now, 
Uh, don't forget, like I just mentioned, Nick and I will be talking about the entire Phoenix Saga and the X-Men animated series Phoenix Saga on our 100th episode. So right now, Phoenix fully feeling herself. Just like I said, just took on the Shi'ar basically all by herself. Won't be the last time. Uh, using her telekinesis to snag the ball, but there's X-Men house rules, and those rules state if you use your powers, you got to tag the person, the base runner, out. Jean throws to first. First is being covered by Wolverine. Colossus and Wolverine have a very tense show-off. Logan pops his claws, tearing through the tips of the baseball gloves, so it looks incredibly dumb. Colossus says, fuck you, comrade, and he transforms, so now we've got a real mutant show-off. Peter slides into first to avoid the tag, but ends up knocking Logan over and then sitting on his chest to pin him down. Everyone gets super tense right now, and so they just decide they're going to stop playing baseball. So now that they're done throwing, uh, playing baseball... The group decides they're going to have themselves a little picnic. And uh, as everyone's walking away, Jean comforts Wolverine. She's standing next to him and like she's standing over him, really. They really illustrate in this panel the height difference and just how little uh, little Wolverine is. Um, and she's she's so she's standing on his side and she's got both of her hands on both of his shoulders. So it's a real awkward arrangement. There's a real I mean, you can cut the sexual tension in this panel with a knife. Uh, but then Gene walks away with Scott, and we get just classic Logan pining, like, oh, I've never loved anyone until I met you, Red, kind of shit. Like, dude, we learn in these books about all of your, like, anyway, I, I, I don't want to get into it. Um, and so that's that's the baseball part of this story. The rest of the story revolves around a very problematic villain named Warhawk. I don't know a ton about him, but he's a Vietnam vet that did some real fucked up shit. And the dude who made Luke Cage gave this dude superpowers and steel skin, like steel, like Colossus skin type shit. Anyway, he's already a little unbalanced to begin with. And Mastermind is fucking with him to break into the Xavier mansion to place, I guess, like spy cams around or... Basically, he, he wants to get in there and get info on the X-Men. Um, and so to do that, he, he poses as the cable guy and then uh, drugs Moira, shoots her with some dart thing. I don't know. It's the fucking X-Men in the, in the 70s, 80s. Um, and so then he rigs the danger room so that it tries to kill all the X-Men. Uh, it's, it's, again, not super important. The... Um, the X-Men beat him up. They send him to prison. This is uh, what is important about this is that is the start of Gene's powers acting up and the start of the Hellfire Club fucking around with Gene Grey, which brings us into the Dark Phoenix saga, which we will cover all of in episode 100. So I'm not going to get super far more into detail. So now we're going to look at our next baseball scene. But before we go and take a look at another instance of the X-Men playing baseball, why don't we mark this high holy day together, everyone, and uh, smoke them, eat them, drink them. I don't There's so many fucking ways you kids do do the, the devil's lettuce these days. But I'm old school, as I believe everyone on this podcast knows. So, you know, celebrate how you celebrate. 
All right, so you all got your break in. Now we're going to move on to uh, issue 201, again, written by Chris Claremont, because they all are, it feels like, especially all the really, really good ones, uh, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, in a lot of people's opinions, like I, like it's not something that's special to me. Anyway, um, this one also has a guest artist, because, uh, again, this is kind of an in-between time. And so the guest artist this time is Rick Leonardi. I don't know how many issues Leonardi did back in the day, but his art is pretty iconic to me and just kind of pretty iconic in general because it's probably iconic to me because it's uh, a major issue. I mean, it's 201, so it was just after the 200th issue of, of X-Men, which was the trial of Magneto. Um, this is also, as we'll see in a little bit, this is a... Um, this is a famous issue because th this is the storm versus Scott for leadership. This is also Maddie has her goddamn baby in this, in this issue. A lot fucking happens in 201 is what I am trying to say. Um, this is also one of my all time favorite X-Men issues and one of the best baseball scenes that I think they've ever had. And I'm not just saying that because rogue is fucking hot as hell during the baseball scene so uh anyway a fucking ton is happening in the x-men during this time here in the mid to late 80s this was like i just said right after the trial of magneto when um he promised to a dying xavier uh, that he would take his place at the school and he was going to lead the new mutants uh basically xavier runs off to space with Alondra and they get up to some Shi'ar nonsense and with the space jammers, uh, Scott and Maddie, like I just, uh, mentioned are, are they're married and Maddie is pregnant to begin this, but at this time, but this is the issue where she has the baby. Um, Scott quit the team. So he just came back because Xavier was sick and they had a big old fight with, uh, with fucking Nazis. Uh, Storm doesn't have her powers right now either. Also, Rachel Summers is now on the team, and everyone but Scott and Maddie know that uh, Rachel is Scott's daughter from the future. So uh, the X-Men return from the trial of Magneto, which happens in Paris. They, they return, and Maddie has had the baby while they were gone. Everyone is thrilled. Uh, Scott, not so much. Scott is going through a lot of shit right now. Um, his father figure in Xavier it seemingly just died and went off planet. Um, you know he's never not mourning the the tragedy that is Jean Grey. Um, and yeah, he he's he's not processing anything very well right now. And to avoid doing any of that he is convincing himself and trying to convince maddie and the rest of the x-men that he needs to stay there and he needs to lead the x-men uh that shit doesn't go over well with maddie or storm or wolverine or really anyone in this comic book or in probably life this is uh these are fraught times in the x-men on a personal standpoint um so naturally, amidst all of that personal drama, the X-Men decide to play a game of baseball, right? Wouldn't that be what we all do? Once again, Colossus is the guy at bat, but this time Kitty is pitching. Uh, so, uh, and Rogue is playing outfield with Wolverine and Nightcrawler playing infield, it seems like. 
And uh, Rogue is basically just out here wearing underwear or a bikini bottom and like a midriff tank top uh, that's half hanging off of her. She's basically standing out there hot as shit. And she like literally is like looking back at the camera like, yeah, I know I'm fucking the dopest motherfucker around. And so uh, get back to the baseball game. Uh, Kitty gets a fastball by Peter for that strike number two. Uh, because Giddy is pretty much great at everything, she's a pretty damn good pitcher too. But Colossus can't handle being shown up like that, so on the next pitch, he transforms and he hits that ball clear into the fucking sky. Uh, Kitty, Kurt, and Wolverine are like, well, that's a home run, but Rogue says, fuck that, I'm hot as hell and, mother- and a motherfucking badass. And so she flies and catches the ball right outside of uh, Senator Bob Dole's airplane window. And because Rogue is so fucking cool, she literally just kisses the window and leaves her little lipstick behind. And then she uh, flies the fuck away while Bob fucking Dole is like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, So no idea how this game ends. Uh, Next we see Kitty going to ice her shoulder, but instead finds Maddie and Scott having a fight about him staying on the X-Men. That's right. Like I said, this is also the uh, Storm versus Scott for leadership of the team issue. A lot is going on. And that deserves way more of a breakdown, and I'm trying to make this way quick of an episode. Uh, But the quick and dirty of it all is Storm is the baddest motherfucker on the planet and doesn't need her powers to beat the fuck out of Scott Summers. She then becomes the leader of the X-Men and Scott has to go and be a father and uh, everyone does not live happily ever after because this is basically the beginning of the end. And in many ways, like the end of like a true era of the X-Men, like I think I really think after after Inferno is like, man. I, how do you come back from what do you tell after Inferno and it, it, it took I think the X-Men quite a while to find their footing again but anyway that's not what we're here for we're here for baseball and we're here for being uh, stoned as fuck so we're going to move on to issue 325 this one we're going to 1995 now uh, so our writer is Scott Lobdell and our artist is none other than Joe Mads um, this is also like, I, it's gotta be my, I mean, it is my first memory of the X-Men playing baseball. Like I had this issue. I was collecting like on a monthly basis at this point. Cause I was 11. Um, and yeah, so I was able, I was getting books and shit. Like I, I do have the other X-Men baseball books in my collection, but I think I was getting those in like the bins while while reading the um anyway it doesn't matter this was this was like my prime age of reading the x-men and this was uh this art joe mad's art was such a huge part of that mid 90s x-men that like post jim lee x-men um and honestly i'm not sure how i feel about his art these days but seeing it like viscerally makes me remember being a kid it makes me remember really enjoying it as a kid um yeah so very good shit so anyway back to the 20th anniversary issue of the x-men and this one opens with scott on the mound it's uh truly 
one of the most badass looks he's ever had as well. And so this game is the X-Men versus Generation X. Uh, Monet is at bat. Jubilee is on second. Uh, Jubilee is out there rocking a Weezer shirt too. So all of this shit, all of this fucking art, this goddamn the baseball, the X-Men, this is all up 11-year-old Josh's alley. So one of one of the few issues in in my life that I like vividly remember like I can see panels from this one so anyway for some reason uh Bishop is on third and skin Angelo is playing third I'm guessing either Scott Lobdell forgot how baseball works or skin and Bishop were like let's be silly and play on the other team maybe it's because Banshee is the umpire so somebody else needed to feel I don't know but for some weird reason an X-Men is on the Gen X team and a Gen X team member is on the X-Men team and it, it's a little confusing uh, Gene and Scott like I mentioned uh, Scott is is pitching Gene is out in outfield and uh, they're telepathically flirting with one another right now and it's truly upsetting Angelo and Bishop takes advantage of this and he fucking tries to steal home. Uh, or, to quote Storm, uh, way out from the outfield, by the bright lady, Bishop is stealing home. Like, she's like, what the actual fuck? He's trying to steal home. So Scott throws to home. Beast, who's the catcher, scoops up Monet over his shoulder. And then he covers the base. The ball arrives in his glove. But before Bishop can get tagged out bishop turns on his heels and he's able to stop all of his momentum and just quickly start heading back for third beast tosses the ball uh to third angelo breaks the rules and uses his powers uh the old x-men they knew how to have fun and they they used powers but you had to you know compensate for that in some way uh and he wraps bishop up and tries to tag him out that way Instead, Bishop decides to now run back toward home, dragging Angelo behind him so that he can't catch the ball. Uh, at this point in time, Angelo doesn't know how to control his powers that well, so he might not actually have been trying to cheat, just, you know, trying to defend my man a little bit. Uh, anyway, June, Jean, uh, she scoops up the ball uh, from midfield basically looks like from my baseball fans out there uh and hurls that shit back home because again i don't like all of this is happening in seconds yet anyway um and she hurls that back home and everyone fucking collides at home plate and gets tangled up in angelo's skin and like every other game that's where it just magically ends monet's sitting on top of the pile like tossing a ball um and fucking Jubilee and Sam are over there fucking like cracking up. And it's just one of it's right up there with the X-Men go to the mall for me. Like X-Men play baseball is X-Men to me. It's one of it's when they're at their most fun, but there's still like team building in it. There's still personal drama in it i'm a huge bus fucking baseball nerd so it, it i truly truly love when the x-men play baseball and if you love it i hope you enjoyed listening to this hopefully mini episode i've been rambling for a while though so we'll see how long it ends up being but 
Um, hopefully Nick will be feeling better soon and we'll get a new episode out next week, which will cover whatever has come out for sense of sinister. I don't remember where we're at in that. Um, and we'll do probably a couple episodes of the X-Men animated like we've been doing. So, uh, yeah, subscribe, leave a review. Um, and if you want to let me know, if you never want me to do a mini episode like this again, uh, you can let me know that at Krakoa Radio on Twitter. I'm still there for now. Um, and yeah, or you could go to KrakoaRadio.com to find the, the podcast as well. Anyway, I've been rambling for a very long time. Nick, if you're listening, I hope you feel better very soon. And I hope you're getting high on this 420 as well, my friend. I'm sure I'm already talking to you in real life because podcast time is wild. Anyway, I'm getting out of here. Thanks for listening. And Nick, one, this one is for you. We will see you next time.